25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to him. They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the west right tight. That's left. 372 Y sticks. He's The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Yeah, baby, let's go. Hour two on this Thursday in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Hometown heroes, your local Farm Bureau agents in all 82 counties across the state of Mississippi. That is Farm Bureau. Also here on the show, I stay connected to you around the clock because of Seaspire, the number one network in Mississippi. Seaspire, customer inspire. The biggest free phone event ever is here. You can switch to prepaid by Seaspire, get your choice of the best-selling phones free, like the Samsung Galaxy A10e, Google Pixel 3a, more while supplies last. Shop now at cspire.com/slash. Prepaid. All right, hour two, just getting started. You can be a part of the show, and I always want to hear from you. Tweet me at Radio Wyatt, like many have. Got a tweet earlier reminding us that today is Jay and Baltimore's birthday. Happy birthday, Jay. His 50th birthday. Jay, who calls in a lot, texts the show a good bit. Happy birthday, Jay. Um, you want to do like Jay and call and text? Here's how you do it. Call me on the Divinity phone, 995-1059. Divinity Equipment, Madison and Jackson, 995-1059. And text me on the Country Pleasing text line, 885-ESPN. Got it? 601 number, 885-ESPN. That's the text line, 885-ESPN. Country Pleasing text, Country Pleasing sausage. On grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast, look for it. Look for the brand, Country Pleasing. You cannot go wrong. It is fantastic. It's the best sausage. And the reason is they don't use any junk in there. There's no parts that go into the makeup. It's all hand-picked hams, bacons, and pork loins. That's right. That's why it's the best. Real quick over here on the text line from Doc. He says, Matt, I need you... To tell Garrett Schrader something for me. Garrett, we know your toughness and your size, but son, your football future is at the tight end position. He says, put on 20 to 25 pounds and be the next Gronk. He says, if Coach Leach will not utilize a tight end, enter the portal. You're welcome, Garrett. Sincerely, Doc. So he thinks that Garrett Schrader, instead of quarterback, needs to be a tight end. You know, I would say that... I thought he didn't use tight ends, Leach. Well, he didn't use them uh, very much, and he did not recruit them at Washington State. But this is going to be an interesting thing because he's got a roster full of tight ends at Mississippi State. You know, it's just like, 
you know, you're coming into a program where they have been recruited before by the previous staff or staffs, as it were, and they're going to use them. And when we had Steve Spurrier Jr. on the show a couple of weeks ago, was that long ago? Anyway, he, he gave you a clue into how they're evaluating these different players. The fact that they played the tight end position previously doesn't mean anything, apparently. Because they have one of those tight ends, Dante Jones, who's 6'4 and about 240, working with the outside receivers. And they have Jaquarius Spivey and others working with the inside receivers. So, like, they don't have a tight ends coach, per se, on this staff. It's just outside receivers and inside receivers. So, whether or not they're going to recruit those types of players going forward, I don't know. I just know that this year, they've got real, actual tight end bodies in their pass-catching group. Spivey's 6'5", 250. Jones, 6'4", 240. You know, Cumbus is going to roll back out there after baseball. He's... 6'5", 240, and they can all run, they can all catch, and they all are big-time prospects. They'll use them. The question is, will they recruit those kind of players going forward? I don't know. I don't have any idea. But back to Garrett Schrader. Doc says his future is at the tight end position. I know this. If he decided to do it, there aren't very many, if any, tight ends out there that are going to outrun him. You know, that's the thing. That the previous coaching staff, Joe Moorhead and staff, they look you right in the eye and say, man, look, we've timed him in the four fours. They were not joking. That usually means somebody that your hand timing in the four fours probably goes to like a combine on a laser and runs a 4-5. Well, look, at 6'5", 230 pounds, that's moving. Right? I mean, there are real deal, highly thought of prospects at in the defensive backfield that went to the combine and ran 4-6. You get me? I mean, this kid can run. Look, Alabama and other schools recruited Garrett Schrader at other positions. Like as a receiver, <laughs> okay? He can really run. But that's the thing. Because he can really run, I like him as a quarterback. You give me a guy that can make every throw on the field, and he did it, and he showed it as a true freshman. Like arm strength, not an issue for him at all. Got the guts to play the position. He's out here converting fourth downs and stuff in the Egg Bowl as a true freshman. And he's 6'5", 235, and he's a legit four five forty guy. Man, I want that guy as my quarterback. I don't want him as my tight end. He can always make that transition later on, not now. Just my thought. Fluffy on the Country Pleasing text line says, a stampede of Bulldogs would be fairly non-threatening. <laughs> I don't know. All that drool. Ankle biters. He says might present a problem. How old you say Louvier was today? Uh, not Louvier. Jay in Baltimore's fifty. Oh, Jay in Baltimore. Oh. you know who that is? He's turned sixty-five today. Oh yeah, Penn and Teller. That yeah, that uh, duo where one barely speaks, kind of like Donald Trump, and Mike Pence. Okay, but Penn is the tall guy with, with dark hair. Yeah, with a ponytail. And he turns how much? 
65. 65. Dad gummit. They had a show, a reality show. He did. Penn and Teller, where these other magicians would try to fool, you know, do tricks fool for him and fool him. Yeah, you remember that? Us. Yeah, it was, man, it's incredible tricks. I know it's a great show, but it just didn't really catch on. You would That's think probably that it would. very inside baseball. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you would think that it would catch on a bit. All right, on the baseball subject right here. Yeah, listen, um, a bit of a reset. If you're just tuning in, we had breaking news at the beginning of the show, right, just before noon here today, that came from Chris Lamonis, head baseball coach, Mississippi State. Therefore, it's official. JT Gann has had elbow surgery and is out for the year. Tanner Allen, the right fielder for State, has had surgery on a broken hand and is out indefinitely. So they have switched up the lineup, obviously, but they're also switching up the rotation. It means that Christian McLeod, the lefty, moves up and will be your Friday night starter beginning tomorrow with Quinnipiac in Starkville. Will Bednar, who's been their best guy out of the bullpen, the right hard-throwing right-hander, he now becomes the Saturday starter. And Eric Sarantolo will stay where he is as the Sunday starter. Uh, T-Mite on the Country Pleasing text line says, It's tough to lose JT again for the year. Injuries do happen. With a program like Mississippi State, you have to take on the mentality of next man up. Hashtag Hail State from T-Mite. And you're right. You're right about that. It's one of those deals that, you know, in that type of program, you're going to lose and a player every now and then. In this case, it's very important players, some of your best players, but these people have to step in there and play. And uh, there's never a time where you use injuries as an excuse not to go win. That's just all there is to it. Is it a reason why you have more to overcome? Yeah. I just got a text that says, that is a super nice cap. My friend, yep, you were watching the Facebook stream earlier. This is a Titleist Mississippi State hat. It came from the Mississippi State University golf course. It has bulldogs on the bill. The Titleist across the front is in maroon. The hat is white. It's the breathable um, material. So a great hat has a state logo on it. You can get one just like it at the Mississippi State golf course. They are at Hale State GC on Twitter. Look them up right there, and they can hook you up. From get there. A, get a couple more uh, logos on there, and you look like you're in NASCAR. Yeah, I know. I got a bunch of them. It's like a, a Titleist on the front in maroon. On the right-hand side of the hat, there's the Mississippi State M banner logo, and on the left side of the bill, it says Bulldogs. Oh, I'm logoed out. On the bill, too. I mean, it, oh, okay. It's all over the place. <laughs> Rusty on the country-pleasing text says, uh, regarding Coach Mummy getting out of the way, he says that, quote, safe stopping point for Mummy to get up to a booth was three or four years ago, the last time he got blown up on the sideline and missed time. And, Rusty, that's the thing. Roger reminded us that it was like Jackson State or somebody. He got run over out there. Oh, it was awful. He he missed. He was out for two weeks, maybe three. Preacher got a concussion and everything. Preacher Paul says, Matt, can you recap what happened to Hal Mummy? Here's what happened. This past weekend, his team, Dallas, was playing Houston. His own running back is Cameron Artis Payne, the former Auburn running back, who goes barreling into the sideline. Hal Mummy gets his back turned to him successfully, but that's it. And next thing you know, 
Bam! He got up. He was hurting. He coached the rest of the game on his feet, standing up on the sideline, everything. And then after the game, they realize he's got a broken leg. He broke his leg. And I'm just telling you, all these cats that want to get on the sideline, you need to understand, you can reach a certain age where it's no longer safe for you to be down there. There's a soundtrack for Hal here. A Frogger game. Oh, Lord, yes, Frogger. Cajun Dog on the country-pleasing text. So does this mean JT Ginn has played his last game at MSU? I don't know that that's the case. I was speculating earlier, Cajun, that, you know, it might – let's just say he had – let's just say that this elbow surgery was Tommy John surgery. Let's just say if it is. It hasn't been confirmed. Let's just say that, that that's what it is. And the recovery for him in terms of getting back and throwing full speed is on the low end of the spectrum, nine months. Does that mean he's back pitching in college next year? Or does he never pitch in college again? I mean, I don't know. My gut tells me that if a guy goes through that, that he comes back and pitches in college. Imagine the narrative. That'd be so. so uh, the the national media would like that. A guy comes back, you know, going to play for his school, turns down the money, has to sit out a year, has to have surgery, then he comes back. And if if the story plays out like it could, and he has a stellar year in college, up goes the stock. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, you know, and that's the thing is, it's not that unusual for these guys to. I mean, last year for Mississippi State. Ethan Small, as a starting pitcher, the first draft pick of the Milwaukee Brewers in the first round. He was a first-round draft pick, you know, kind of SEC pitcher of the year and almost set a record for strikeouts, all that kind of stuff. All of that was post-Tommy John surgery for Ethan Small. Ethan Small came to state and as a true freshman, got on the mound some in relief, was throwing 96, 97 miles an hour. Next thing you know, out, Tommy John. Came back, first-round draft pick. It happens all the time. That's why I say that this little surgery hiccup thing probably means that JT Ginn comes back and pitches more in college. And the stock would, you know, if he has success, the stock would go up from there. Ponto's hanging on the Divinity Equipment phone line, and it says something about an old man challenge. What is that, Ponto? (laughs) Yeah. How fast was your best 40 at State? The best one, the fastest one I ever ran was like a very slow four eight, like a four eight nine one time. But that was like my sophomore year of college. I was kind of downhill from there. You know, I ran a four five when I was eighteen, and a four five when I was forty. You didn't run no four five at forty years old, Ponto. That's a lie. Absolutely did. Bull crap. <laughs> Clocked at Jackson State. Bull. <laughs> I don't believe you now, Let me tell you something, Ponto. Ponto. That is unequivocal. Ponto. Let me tell you something right now. It, it tell you, Ponto, it Ponto, Ponto. You didn't run no four five at forty years old. The clock was broken. Herschel Walker didn't run a four five at forty years old. I mean well, I'm my not gosh. Pounds. I was only I was only one seventy five. I'm two hundred now. 
I don't care what you weigh. You did not run a four five at forty years old. I don't believe it. You can just tell right now, can't you, that I'm just not going to believe it. Well, I'm, I'm seventy five, and I'm going to play in the Southern Seniors Tennis Tournament in May. So that will give me an idea. If, I hadn't tried it. The last time I tried to clock myself, I pulled a hamstring. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, I was probably you, doing about a. I was below. I was below uh, below a five, probably a four eight. At the at sixty eight. Ponto, you are lying out, straight out, through your teeth. No, I'm not. Ponto, you didn't run no four eight at sixty five years old. You are lying. Yeah. And I know a guy that can outrun me. He's younger by a couple of years. Crap. Track. How old is he? <laughs> oh, he's a couple of years younger. He ran track. I didn't run track. How? I played sports. So hold on. You telling me you know somebody that's in their sixties right now? That you think can run a four eight? No, not now. No, he can't do it now. I don't think so. He's still he, now. He does, he's a jogger, you know, like mile, half mile. But I still oh, got yeah. speed. I still got speed at at, at seventy five. Ponto, let now, me tell you, fast, pa- I'm not sure. <laughs> well, see, but it's that's it. See, it's relative. That's it. Speed at seventy five. I, I think I can is, outrun you. Ponto, I, think I can outrun you at seventy five years old, and I hadn't even I. If I ran to the car, I mean, to the at the end of the driveway to get the mail, I might pull something. But I promise you, you can't outrun me. <laughs> and now, I you promise you, no, two twenty, man. That's I'm trying to get to two twenty. I, I weigh about two fifty something right now, and I still yeah, run circles nice around you. Oh, Ponto, yeah, I, can, I, can I will you. run circles around you in a forty yard <laughs> sprint. All right. We're going to set this May up. May 1st, after, if I don't have a heart attack in the Southern Seniors, we'll race. Ponto, uh, I just, I, this has been the most entertaining call we've had in a long time. But it's because, <laughs> it is because you didn't run no 4-8. What you know? You told me you ran a 4-5 four, four, or a 4-6 at 40 years old. 4-5, I was a high Bull. school. Yeah, that's what it caught me at. And I could, you know, it's, I was a jock. A jock and, you know, a short guy with an ego. So, and, and listen, I used to get run out of the gym at uh, Mississippi State when Babe McCarthy was there because I could out-shoot his basketball team. I've always had this chip on my shoulder. I'd go in there shooting three-pointers. They couldn't shoot three-pointers. He'd run me out of there. I'd be making them look Ponto, bad. Ponto, I'm going to so get you a shirt. Thing, I, 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 I saw would, a T-shirt one time. Out. I saw a T-shirt one time that you need to be wearing. Do you know what that T-shirt said, Ponto? Hot dog. No. It said, Little hot dog at 75. It said, the older I get, the better I was. You know, Mummy, back to Hal, you know, Mummy's got like this good-looking blonde girlfriend half his age. So. Mm, he's got to live up to that, doesn't he? I'm not going to tell Hal that, he, that he's old and he's self-decided. I, tell him, I don't know. Well, you tell him to call me because I will tell him. He Please, is too old to be on the sideline. We're telling him out of love. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're trying to protect him. I really called. Listen, Ben Howland is old and he can still run, too. Ben Howland last night said, nobody can clarify this, he said on the radio that if Florida loses, that Mississippi State gets the bye. Would you know if that's correct or not? Um, yes. It, there it's was a, still some... It's convoluted. It uh, is very convoluted, Ponto. And and I, somebody mentioned that to me also, that like there was a scenario of two different games that they're looking for looking at this weekend that if the right teams lose... It could actually shuffle state into the first round by even sitting where they are right now. I don't know what that speaks to, 
the fact that State's not in the tournament, I don't know if it speaks to the whole league or what, but it is convoluted. But, hey, look, I mean, it gives Ben something to motivate his team with, I guess. Well, he said it was a fact that we beat, you know, we beat Ole Miss and I still can't get over you told me you ran. I still can't get over you told me you ran a four eight at forty years old. Yeah, or four six was it four six? I was still playing church, still playing church league basketball with kids half my age. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you know, I wasn't very good. (laughs) But you were real fast. I know that much. I'm small. I'm small. Well, that doesn't mean anything. Ponto, that was great. I really appreciate you being a good sport. I just sat right here and called you a liar on on the radio. <laughs> that man sure said did. they ran a four five in high school, and then he ran like a four seven four eight when he was forty years old. I think we accidentally. Yeah. Oh, did we hang up on him? That's no, I good. think he left. I think. Okay. Right. We got to get we got to get down to the bottom of that. He's seventy five years old. He said he'd outrun me. No, he won't. Now, I may have to go get ice and my hamstrings turn blue <laughs> when it's over. He can outrun me. <laughs> go! <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. I don't even care enough to even prove it anymore. I just, you know, who cares? Oh, Ponto, he called me, told me he ran a 4-5 in high school. <clears throat> Said he didn't weigh but 105 pounds. <laughs> Oh, we have had a tailwind. <laughs> the glory days. Y'all stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I think we're going to have to call him uh, from now on instead of just Ponto. we got to call him Uncle Ponto. You know, like Uncle Rico. I would put ball over them mountains. <laughs> Jason in Flagstaff texted us that on the uh, country-pleasing text line. Ponto equals Uncle Rico. Quote, I could throw a pigskin a quarter mile. <laughs> Clear over the mountains. Back in 83, coach would have put me in. <laughs> we the one state. I shoot, I know it. <laughs> Rusty. That little bit they did on the was it ESPN that put that together where yeah. uh, Gardner Minshew met. Uh huh. Wasn't oh, that cool. fantastic? It was great. That's great. All right, uh, DJ's been hanging on long enough on the Davini Equipment phone line. Davini Equipment. Your Kubota dealer, Highway 51 in Madison, Spring Ridge Road in Jackson. DJ, thanks for calling. What's up? Man, thanks for letting me be a part of your show, but you have brought up the most lied-about topic in the history of mankind. <laughs> Coaches lie about it. Players lie about it. Yeah. And 10 years after the fact, we lie even more about it. You know, and uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you this straight up. I don't know the guy that called in. I'll say this. At 30, I could still dunk a basketball but I couldn't break five flat at 25. And I football, basketball, baseball, through high school, and played basketball in college. Now, as a coach, and, of course, I coached high school ball, football for over 20 years, I want to take up for Hal Mummy a little bit. Because okay. I broke a rib on a sideline one time because what you don't realize, and you do because you're a player and you've been there, but a lot of people don't realize is 
when you're the coach and you're trying to get out of the way, there's players behind you, so there's nowhere mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. Nowhere to and, go. Uh, and like I said, I, I broke a rib one time on the sideline. Uh, like I built a how mummy, you know, Coach Paterno, before he died, mm-hmm. he broke his leg in two places. Just, yep. And it, it gets to the point because your reaction. On a serious note, let me ask you this. Didn't the Smith kid from Richland that was supposed to pitch a lot this spring, yes. didn't he have Tommy John in the fall? That's right. He did. See, that's one so major piece of their pitching staff that they're missing. Because he pitched as right. a freshman last year, Brandon Smith threw a bunch of big pitches and big innings for state, and you know Absolutely. he's out. Yeah, and uh, without again, and like I said, uh, you know the the surgery. You know, I've never had elbow surgery. I've had quite a few leg surgeries, but it, it, you know, I don't know what Gian will do. Uh, but like I said, it's most people come back. I mean, they come back. Like I said. Uh, the kid at Washington, uh, he's not a kid anymore, but threw 103 miles per hour. He had Tommy John and came back a better pitcher. So, like I said, well, man, I love your show, but, yeah, when you start talking about the 40-yard dash, anybody that can break a five-flat that is not currently training, I want to see. Because, it, you know, people don't – and the other thing, when you put them on a laser, you can add point, too. That's okay, right. I don't no know doubt. if you've ever did no, but like I said, and I remember when I was coaching, hey, we made that clock say what we wanted to sometimes. Sure, but I hang up with Thanks, DJ. Appreciate the call. The hand time stuff is much, much different. You know, that's why you get a little chuckle out of the the receiver from Alabama that went to the combine. He ran a four two something. He didn't break the record, and then he said he was disappointed, and others said they were disappointed. Because they'd been hand-timing him out there in Tuscaloosa and were convinced he was going to go there and break the record. Not when you put it on that laser, because the laser does not lie at all. There is no room for error with that thing. (laughs) It's telling the truth. And, you know, what DJ said, anybody that gets in their late 20s, early 30s, and they can break five flat in a 40-yard dash, you don't understand how fast they are moving. Here's the other thing about a 40-yard dash. Go out to a football field and mark off 40 yards. Okay? It looks one way when you're sitting up in a press box or on the 50-yard line. Go stand out on the field, start on the goal line, and mark it off 40 yards and take off sprinting. Okay? By math, that's almost half the field. It is. (laughs) And when you get and you cross that 40 at 40 yards, tell me how fast you're moving when you cross it versus how fast you were moving in the first 10 yards when you took off. You know, the that a huge part of improving a 40-yard dash time is not necessarily just moving faster. A huge part of it is the endurance in your muscles to continue to explode and fire like pistons for a full 40 yards. <laughs> and that's in... Under five seconds is what he was talking about, right? Right. Five flat. Wow, that is that is moving a long way down the field. If you could do that in game. Yeah, well, and see, look, this is the thing about it. People don't understand. There's people in the way, though. Well, <laughs> well, people go, people go, okay, well, some lineman ran a five flat. Man, he weighs 300 pounds. Have you ever stood on the ground and watched a guy run 40 yards, a 40-yard dash, in 5.0 seconds? And you roll your eyes at it because you're a fan and you've been told that's slow. Well, it would be slow if he's playing running back. 
But the guy that runs a five flat and he's six foot six, three hundred and twenty pounds, he's moving. He probably is took him another forty moving. yards. To stop. <laughs> and all these, well, as as Jake would put it on his show, all these chads out here. <laughs> Let me tell you something right now. We put a laser on y'all. Y'all been telling people how fast you are, and in your own mind, you think you're fast. You go out here and play like Ponto said. You play church league basketball, and you think you're fast put a laser on you and we're going to show you how fast you are not a doctor told me church league basketball is where he gets all his uh ruptured achilles business <laughs> no doubt about it and i'm telling the truth you know dj said that when he was 30 years old he could still dunk he could the last church league basketball game that i ever played in i was in the neighborhood of about 29, 28, 29, 30. I was in the neighborhood of about 30 years old. And the reason that it's the last one I ever played in is because they ejected me from the game for dunking. <laughs> it apparently was against the rules. And some kind of deal where, like, show, we... Show off. Well, no. It was, it was merely a rebound that had come off the rim. You spin around. The rim's right there. You go up as strong as you can go up to put it back. You just happen to dunk it. That's what I did. They ejected me from the game because they said we had also dunked in warm-ups and dunking was illegal in church league basketball. I said, I'm done. See y'all. I ain't coming back. That's a true story. All right. What would, what would Jesus dunk? <laughs> what would Jesus do? I don't know. That's like one time I was in a church one time many, many years ago, and they called a meeting. They were going to have a church softball. I thought, that sounds fun. You know what they did? They did, divided the room up. They had they said they were going to have a team that was playing for fun and another team that was there to be competitive. Church, league, softball. We're going to have a fun team. In other words, all the scrubs that y'all just going out there for fun because you can't beat anybody. Old guys. And then over here, we're going to have our, our church league competitive team. I was young. And they uh, were a bit shocked when I said, I didn't want to play on a competitive team. I'm going to play on a fun team. Why? I can't make all the games anyway. Y'all can have your competitive team. Y'all ain't none of y'all competitive. Okay. What does this say here from um, Doc? He said, well, Matt, if coaches keep bringing in fifth-year transfer quarterbacks, Schrader needs to look out for himself. Gronk, Kelsey, Schrader. Yeah. Look, look, Doc. If y'all are just tuning in, Doc texted earlier on the Country Pleasing text line, and he made the case that Garrett Schrader needs to transition to be a tight end. That's what's best for him. He'd make a million dollars in the NFL being a tight end because he can run the way he can. There is no question Garrett Schrader is a good enough athlete to play different positions. And if he wants to be a tight end, he can go be one. He can. But a lot of times, quarterbacks want to be quarterbacks. You know? For for some, I know this is hard to believe, but for some people, they're not playing just because they want to go to the NFL and make $8 million. That's just all it is to it. Some guys want to play because it's fun to play quarterback. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. 
Well, 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 we've um, approached the end of the show. We're getting close. We're getting close. Roger, I've been doing some reading about how how unhealthy it is to sit down for prolonged periods of time. Yeah, and I, kind of like they said sitting is the new smoking. I know, and we sit here for a minimum of two hours a day. Yeah. A bare minimum because we're on the radio. And I get up, move around in the break a little. Well, see, and I don't get to because of the kind of like my workflow each day. I don't really get to do that. Uh, yeah, so I've either got to change it or I got to figure something else out. Okay. Standing, and here's standing desk. That's what you got to get. One of those I, desks that pop up. I'm just going to have to get one of those standing desks. And, and as far as streaming show the show, up. well, I think it. I would enjoy it. And, you know, I mean, you still got to be in proximity to the microphone, but I can figure all that out. And I'm still streaming the show on Twitter and Facebook. And, but I just have to figure out a way to stream it. I'm just happen to be standing up in this studio as opposed to sitting down. It's just, I can't keep doing this. You know, there are days when I get out of this chair at the end of the show and I've been sitting in it for a solid two hours during this show. You're going to have to unfold. Yeah. And it's just not good for you. And I feel terrible when I do that. So I guess what I'm saying is I got to have a studio makeover. I got to get a hold of a standing desk. One of the big problems is going to be emptying out this big honking desk i've got in here it's just full of stuff and it's heavy and thick wood and you leave it in there you get one of those desk toppers that that fits on your desk and then oh and you mount your microphone there and then when you're sitting it's in the right place and then when you when you raise it up it all everything goes up the same amount see monitors go up i don't understand what you're saying i don't know well they they make it where they they're they're attached to your desk but then the, the section rises Oh, so you put it on top of your desk. Yeah, you retrofit your desk. Retrofit your desk. Going to do it. That's what's going to happen in here. About 500 bucks for a real big one. Ooh, really? Yeah. I can just build something. Just stand up in here all the time. <laughs> well, they have a lot of little nice built-in features, though. Okay. Well, on-air production meeting, folks. On-air yeah, production meeting. There we go. Uh, two quick texts I want to get to here on the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing sausage in grocery stores throughout the Southeast. Look for it. Jason says, Mama always said religion will send you to hell. Competitive church sports and those that make rules to favor one group, exclude another, are a great example of just that. <laughs> Anthony from Tupelo says, talking about pitchers coming back from injuries, did you see what Noah Hughes did to LSU this past weekend. He is back dominating, and he had to fight through several injuries. Noah Hughes from Jackson Prep, right? Went to state and then transferred. Where is Never he now? Never seen LSU spelled that way. Yeah, they, people that don't like LSU, they put an X on the end so that it looks like LSU sucks. <laughs> <laughs> this was LS or L sucks or whatever. So, Yeah, okay. I want to give you a story about sports gambling. Can we do that? Hey, everybody. Hey, listen up. Here's a quick story about sports gambling. And then I'm going to give you an update from Alex Trebek that I want you to hear to be a positive note to end today's show with. 
federal authorities in none other than Florida yesterday charged a 23-year-old sports better known as Parlay Pats with transmitting threats of violence directed at professional and college athletes and their friends and families. A Florida man. Parlay Pats. According to the complaint, Benjamin Tucker Pats of New York used multiple anonymous accounts on social media last year, 2019, to make threats against athletes, including members of the New England Patriots, several Major League Baseball teams, multiple college basketball and football players. Some of the threats contain derogatory terms and racial slurs. 23-year-old sports better Parlay Pats is charged with transmitting threats in interstate or foreign commerce. If convicted, he faces a maximum penalty of up to five years in federal prison. He sent four Instagram direct messages to, for example, an unidentified Pepperdine basketball player stating, quote, your throat will be severed upon open with a dull knife. Quote, your entire family will be beheaded and burned alive. Quote, I will enter your home as you sleep and kill you. Quote, watch your back. You're a dead man walking. Yeah, we got some issues. In an affidavit. Evaluated, I hope. In an affidavit, FBI Special Agent Daniel Nowak said the Instagram account behind the threats of the Pepperdine player registered with an email linked to Pat's. Diamondbacks players, Blue Jays players, Rays players, the girlfriend of an Atlanta Braves player, 300 threatening messages. Here's one in December to a college basketball player for Arizona. Quote, your worthlessness cost me over $100,000 tonight. I'm just passing it along. When all this stuff came along, uh, we're going to legalize everything. Now, I'm not saying that it's anybody's fault, but this idiot, this crazy person, it's all his fault. It is. I was beginning but, to think after 300, I was getting beyond him just being mean to probably crazy. He's crazy. The stuff that he said is absolutely crazy. And all of it, the instigator, he lost money on sporting, uh, sporting events. He's a sports better. He's going to jail for up to five years, federal prison. Just file it away. Just let everybody file it away. Well, maybe they can parlay his charges into a longer sentence. Maybe. Yeah. Hey, here's a positive story, though. I really want you to hear this. Jeopardy. Oh, man, I love Jeopardy. I love it. This. One host all these years. All these years, one host. And that one host all these years, we know who it is, right? The... I think they should end the show when he's done. Yeah, I agree. Well, Roger, that's the thing. A lot of people, when he got that diagnosis of, you know, pancreatic cancer going back about a year ago... 
they didn't think it would. we'd still have Jeopardy, at least not with Alex Trebek. Yesterday on Twitter, he released a message. Here it is. Hi, everyone. If you've got a minute, I'd like to bring you up to date on my health situation. The one-year survival rate for stage four pancreatic cancer patients is 18%. I'm very happy to report I have just reached that marker. Now, I'd be lying if I said the journey had been an easy one. There were some good days, but a lot of not-so-good days. I joked with friends that the cancer won't kill me, the chemo treatments will. There were moments of great pain, days when certain bodily functions no longer functioned, and sudden massive attacks of great depression that made me wonder if it really was worth fighting on. But I brushed that aside quickly because that would have been a massive betrayal, a betrayal of my wife and soulmate Jean, who has given her all to help me survive. It would have been a betrayal of other cancer patients who have looked to me as an inspiration and a a cheerleader of sorts of the value of living and hope. And it would certainly have been a betrayal of my faith in God and the millions of prayers that have been said on my behalf. You know, my oncologist tried to cheer me up the other day. He said, Alex, even though the two-year survival rate is only 7%, he was certain that one year from now, the two of us would be sitting in his office celebrating my second anniversary of survival. And you know something? If I, no, if we, because so many of us are involved in this same situation, if we take it just one day at a time with a positive attitude, anything is possible. I'll keep you posted. And that's a message from Alex Trebek. That was on social media. So he's corrected on the text line. Art Fleming did a stint of hosting that show. Okay. Before Alex. Before him. Okay. So he's already beaten the odds. That's good news. Of uh, one year. What did he say? It was 18% after the diagnosis. Make it to that one year anniversary. Well, he's made it. And then he said his oncologist told him 7% move on to the second anniversary. Now, what I want to know is that 7% of the original number. Yeah. Or is that 7% of the people who make it to year one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of difference. Yeah. Anyway, so um, he's doing well. And that is a tremendous message of positivity. But if you know someone... And he did have a good hair piece. <laughs> yeah. If you know someone who's going through that, uh, you know, cancer treatments, chemo, let it be a lesson to us. You know, they could use the uh, prayer they could certainly use the pick me up and the pat on the back and the encouragement because it's a tough deal they're going through the treatments are really really rough and the other patients themselves could take heart got to be kind of hard to face like he said the treatment's going to kill him yeah that's right that's right so if you're listening it's all we can really do but just encourage you keep your head up hang in there keep fighting we'll see y'all tomorrow see ya You've been listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.